Hi, welcome to AI Impacts. Today, we discuss the impact AI is having on enterprise workflows. My name is Dean Hansen. I'm joined, as always, by George Little. And this week's expert guest is Matt Sobel. Matt helps lead partnerships and alliances at Writer, the generative AI platform for large enterprises. Hi, Matt. Welcome to AI Impacts. Dean, George, thanks for having me. Very much appreciate it. You're absolutely welcome. Um, To kick things off, Matt, could you give the listeners a quick overview of you, your role, and your experience? Yeah, sure thing. And uh, again, thanks for for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm Matt Sobel. Uh, I help lead partnerships at a a, startup called Writer. Uh, We're a generative AI platform built for large enterprises. In terms of my background, uh, nothing too uh, crazy, just... I'm a serial AI startup guy, uh, so I love helping uh, software companies, specifically in the realm of AI scale, uh, and I've been focusing my career on that for the last eight years. Oh, wow. Eight years. Goodness me. So you're an early adopter. <laughs> early adopter, but generative AI uh, was uh, around before it was called Gen AI, uh, and it got super sexy and cool. So. <laughs> I, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm fortunate to, to be an early adopter on that way, for sure. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's quite a, a good position, quite a unique position, I guess, because everyone's, um, I guess there's a lot of bandwagoning with AI at the minute, but you can say, you know, I was there right from the start. You know, it's Gives funny, when George George and I had a, uh, a you know time working together at another AI company, and I often yeah. think, wow, you know, like, if some of the the transformer technology and the large language models existed, then like how different our our product roadmap would have been oh for, my God. for that company. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like the amount of stuff that they were trying to do that is now so easily doable with ChatGPT is unbelievable. It's crazy. Um so that actually, while we're on that, that reminds me of something. I was watching a, a documentary about there's this guy Clive Sinclair in the UK, and he and he built this tiny little um, Sinclair C5. It was called it's this tiny little electric car, but it was like basic, like a bucket that you would drive in. And it was back in the eighties when uh, battery life was rubbish and like yeah. technology was rubbish. And he had a really, really great idea to do this, this uh, to implement this technology. But the problem was like the adjacent technologies that he needed to, to implement mm. that idea were not anywhere near not ready. There. So I guess it's a bit like that with, with AI and stuff. There's been a lot of great ideas and things how to use it, but actually the underlying technology didn't quite exist. And it's all of a sudden in this last 18 months or something where it's really just clicked in and this final step totally. has enabled all these technologies. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I there's some... see it's. Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. Good. No, go ahead, Matt, please. I was gonna say, you know, that, uh, that's actually the reason why, uh, it's so fascinating that AI has been around since like the fifties, right? The first papers about generative AI or just the AI in general, um, were, were around in like the, the late fifties. What's fascinating about that is they, uh, they've, the enterprise adoption of AI is coming around now because the cost declines on both the software and the hardware side of things have enabled it so that, um, you know, companies and consumers alike uh, can start to leverage the technology without having like millions of dollars of hardware to like run these complex algorithms. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's I mean, like an amazing trend. I mean, everyone can access you know, chat GPT for, for, for free. Right. I mean, like how powerful is that? Anybody, do you know, like my granny could go on on a phone and, and access chat GPT. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's mind boggling. And, and there's it, like, it almost reminds, 
<laughs> so, you know, Dude, I want to hear it. Um, it. It almost reminds me of um, how like old stereo systems were put together, where you would spend a ton of time or money on like one particular piece of the whole unit. And then all of a sudden you have something like a, an Apple TV or a fire stick or something that, that takes that entire package and puts it into like one thing where now that whole platform is not what you're worried about. It's just what you're building on top of it or what you're adding to it or whatever. So when we say that's like the commoditization of, of uh, you know, technologies. It seems so, or like almost the repackaging, right? Where it yeah. gets to a point where all these individual layers kind of get kind of crunched into one package and become, I mean, the same thing is speaking of cars, the same thing is happening with electric cars where GM is doing, going all in on just building a platform. That's the drivetrain, the batteries, steering wheels, brakes and everything. So you can just plop your car on top of it. So it's not too different, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's, it's a ubiquitous across across technology. If you look at like, you know, PCs, right? Like, you know, like the the whole or, or, or I guess Max compared to PCs, it's just uh, that simplification. Anyway, yeah. Um, we digress. Uh, so yeah, um, okay. So jumping into to AI, uh, obviously, Matt, you're coming to everything from a very AI perspective. I'm just going to have to remind myself to keep speaking slowly because our listeners are not going to necessarily be fluent in the Geordie accent. Um, we can go. keep this in. Um, yeah. So are you currently using any specific AI tools? Um, which tools are you using and what do they do? Yeah, I, I love this conversation. So I'm glad we're, we're opening it up. Um, I will say everyone has the, uh, the wherewithal to talk about like AI is going to make this big impact, but so few people like actually talk about their real workflows and their tools Mm -hmm. and like what they're doing day to day. Um, yeah. And that's like where I'd, I'd love to spend a lot of time, like getting into the weeds. I like learning from others too. So George, Dean, like tell, tell me what tools you're using. Cause I'm trying to uh, constantly. Yeah. Keep well, that's, that's why George and I open. set up this podcast was so that we could just brain drain everybody else and see how we can improve our own lives. <laughs> I, I, I love that. And it's not selfish at all. So kudos to you. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, so yeah. So to, to your question, you know, I, um, not only do I live and breathe like helping large enterprises adopt generative AI, and that that type of uh, tooling looks a lot different than like the consumer applications that you're and you and I are probably familiar with, like ChatGPT, mm-hmm. right? So uh, when I think about the tools that I use, I think about like the two types. Uh, there are the tools that help me uh, pursue like the hobbies and the things that I care about, like personally. Um, and that's things like like Midjourney. I have never been a designer, um, but I always wanted to be, like I, I had a dream of being like a YouTuber back before it was like cool. Uh, and I just like didn't have like the technical chops to do that. And now uh, I use tools like Midjourney and Runway and I'm just like creating content that I then get to like use to promote my personal brand on like LinkedIn. Um, and that's- Matt, been- can you just jump in a little bit on what Midjourney and and the other tool that you yeah. mentioned are? Oh, so that, sh- sh- sure, yeah. sorry, yeah. So so Midjourney no, is like a, like a leading, uh, image generation platform. Uh, so they, uh, and, and you have to take a look for, for listeners that, that want to like learn more about mid journey, yeah. uh, the advancement, the, the progress that this platform has had over the past year is, is like staggering. Um, so you can say, Hey, generate me an image of, uh, a man in the desert standing in front of a rocket launch. Uh, and then I can use that same platform to say, Hey, now make it look like this person. And I drag and drop a photo of 
my face into Midjourney, and then it plops my face onto that. No Photoshop required. <laughs> um, and then I get to post a, a LinkedIn, you know, uh, article about how I'm excited about the progress that SpaceX is seeing. And that sure. workflow yeah. would have never been possible for me without Midjourney. Um, yeah. And I'm, that's a good, an actual example. I, I just did that last week. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds familiar. I feel like I saw that recently yeah. posted. It, inspired um, by your, your other, project. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, the rocket one. Yeah, we have to get into that later. Um, and what was the other one you mentioned? Oh, Runway. So Runway is runway. like uh, video generation. So when it comes to like large language models, some of them are trained for like text to text. Uh, runway has trained their models on... Uh, either image to video or video to video, meaning you can like create uh, bespoke video content. Imagine uh, in a few years, Runway will, will be generating like full length feature films just by using like text prompts, which is pretty, pretty <laughs> scary. Crazy. Actually. Yeah. 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 They'll probably be better than some of the content that I've been watching on Disney Plus lately. <laughs> yeah. And there goes our sponsorship with Disney yeah, Plus. Thanks so much, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Bob, Bob Iker. I have no relations to yeah. Yeah, Dean. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Although the, the, the pad that they made for the VR thing, I don't know if you guys saw that. Where yeah, the omnidirectional. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very oh, cool. I'm a big VR guy, um, too. So let's, since you mentioned kind of two worlds, the hobby stuff and the more enterprise stuff, why don't we zoom in a little bit on the hobby stuff real quick? Because I think it's a little more... Uh, entry level. It's real, you know, easier to kind of understand. Yeah. Um, what are some of the impacts that you kind of mentioned one, but what are some of the impacts that you have gotten tangibly out of using those tools? Yeah, a, a few. A, like, so beyond like the, the generation tools, I also use like tools like Perplexity. Uh, they're trying mm -hmm. to disrupt Google search. So Perplexity AI is like, imagine uh, it's Google search powered by uh, that like AI uh, large language model, like Copilot. So it's like, hey, you're trying to research a topic. Um, let me recommend articles that are actually going to be relevant for you uh, better than Google search would um, because Google is heavily influenced by the people that pay to be at the top of Google. Um, so uh, I use tools like Perplexity just to like learn faster. Um, and that's like an important hobby for me, right? So uh, staying curious, staying on top of tech trends. Uh, I have all these tools at my, my side to like, research the things that I, I care about. Uh, and then like tangibly, what that means is I can like, you know, actually spend time uh, building my personal brand, which is like a, a hobby of mine that I hope someday will turn into a career. Um, but yeah, that's like fully AI enabled and it wouldn't be possible with my like work-life balance if I, if I didn't have AI helping. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It gives like AI um, gives you the ability to do things that you never ever had the ability to do before and, and also yeah it gives you those opportunities that you know sometimes you would have had to invest years uh, of dedicated time to learn certain technologies certain processes how to do things properly now you can just do it at a you know click of a button mm -hmm. it's staggering it's amazing yeah i mean what especially is? the mid-journey reference i mean I've, I've used that quite a few you know times myself and it, the 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 discovery process is the thing that's also super interesting, right? You don't, it's not just that you put in a prompt and you get something back. Like you can kind of do the crazy, I remember we did like Joe Rogan riding a whale or something like that. And like, this is funny and hilarious, but the, the styling discovery where you're like, oh, well, how do I make this look more like that? Or how do I get this to be like pixel art? Like I didn't realize the world of pixel art was out there until using Midjourney, which feels a little wrong because in a way it's all been sort of gleaned from all those artists. But at the same time, it's just like a sense of discovery of, well, I can try this now 
and pixel art is a prime example of something that literally would take forever. I mean, you're coloring one pixel at a time, right? Like I don't have the patience for that, but I love the. Oh, aesthetic. is that like sort of? Is that like uh, like comic book art where it's all the the dots? Uh, I don't really know what pixel art is. It's, it's basically the digital version of that. Yeah, where you're okay. sort of like dotting one color or one wow. pixel at a time. Yes. Wow. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Goodness me. It's like those yeah. tattoos that have like the poking. Yeah, know, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And George, what's interesting to me is like your your professional career and your hobbies uh, because you're just a creative. Like they kind of intersect. Yeah. So like these AI tools uh, that are really relevant for your hobbies are also super relevant for your, your day-to-day like job. Uh, yeah. For me... I wish that was the case from the mid-journey runway. I wish I was spending my day making money, like making AI videos, uh, but <laughs> not yet. That is not the Yeah, there's a the career case. path there somewhere. Uh, yeah. So I, I really, I have this other side of uh, my AI-powered workflows that are, are really just around helping me be, be a better partner leader uh, mm. at, at Writer. Uh, and if you're interested, I'd love to share with you guys what, what those are too. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, I suppose that's a good point to jump onto our next section, which is, yeah. So it really, what we'll do is like, um, what advantages do those specific AI tools give you in your role as, as partnerships? You know, is it, is it time saving? Is it effort reduction? Is it inspiration? Yeah, there's, um, I've learned a lot about like how to actually embed AI into my, my job because a, it's something that we help large enterprises like, like imagine. So writer, writer serves companies like Vanguard and L'Oreal, right? Huge enterprises, you know, that, that are security conscious. They care a lot about uh, where the data sits and um, they don't want to give everybody an open-ended chatbot to do anything because truthfully, that doesn't really work and actually help people do their jobs more effectively. Mm. Um, what we do is we build these like highly specific customized solutions that will enable uh, anyone to, to, you know, do the things that they're doing day to day, you know, more efficiently uh, with higher accuracy and better quality. Um, an example of that is like something that I do day to day is uh, I'm constantly talking to uh, like clients and partners trying to pitch like how Writer will be effective for their problems. So we've actually built an internal chatbot at Writer. So we're like dog fooding cool. this. We're, we're like using it ourselves. Uh, to effectively uh, prepare me for any conversation that I have coming up with a a potential client. So uh, what we've done is we've uploaded or or connected uh, our database of, uh, I don't know, call it like hundreds of uh, market positioning, go-to-market like Mm. files, case studies, uh, like our CRM platform. We've connected yeah. that to Writer. And then I, in a chat interface, I can say, hey, you know, I'm about to hop on a call with the CMO of Pfizer. Um, what what are the, you know, the pain points that you think I can help them solve, uh, hmm. you know, using uh, what you know about the Writer platform? And this awesome. is like a sales enablement capability that uh, is like having like a little co-pilot assistant. It's really, really helpful and cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's quite like um, that's quite like uh, when we were talking to to Sean um, the other day, Sean Swenson. um, Sean mentioned that he was using uh, AI to basically interrogate his personas to make sure that his personas really sort of stacked up. Um, So it's a similar sort of take on it that that, Mm. you know you're using it. You're using it as you know how can I get the most out of these specific personas? What questions can I ask them? And Sean was kind of on the same lines, but also saying, "Is my assumption are my assumptions about these personas correct?" Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's, it might be maybe the difference. And I, I love Sean, by the way. So shout out Sean. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, the uniqueness of what uh, we found for enterprises is like using the knowledge, the, the, there's three things that you should know about maybe like a quick AI one-on-one for the folks who are listening. Every large nice. language model has three things that differentiate them. There's the skills of the model. Like, can you summarize text? Can you answer questions? Um, can you understand like sentiment? Then there's the behavior, like, is this model acting like a helpful assistant or is this model like toxic or biased, right? And then there's the knowledge of the model. And that's like, what information exists in the model that I can surface? So like, hey, you know, when you're asking ChatGPT, like, what are, you know, three um, taco recipes? Like that exists within the knowledge of the model. They're not going online to find those. That, that's like in the, the data set, right? Um, what we found is that for enterprise use cases, the the knowledge of the model uh, needs to be connected to uh, a company's internal data sources because that is going to be super unique to what they're trying to accomplish. That IP um, is really what differentiates like the enterprise use cases from consumer because we can get you know a lot of the way there um, using just the knowledge in ChatGPT or the knowledge in Claude or whatever models you're using. For consumer sure. stuff, but not for as much for the enterprise. Enterprises kind of require this connection to databases and things that um, don't really exist for the consumer market. That's so, fascinating. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, so it's, where's the conversation layer then happen, right? Because I'm mm. assuming that with these models, there needs to be enough knowledge of what's what to be able to communicate, but not to overshare or to kind of go beyond the boundaries of privacy or, or the other way around, right? To not be too dumb to actually work with it and be not helpful at all. Yeah, that's actually, we, you, uh, you bring up a really good point. The more data you feed a model, um, so the larger they get, um, that's kind of how you teach them new skills. But that knowledge, if you continue adding additional knowledge, there's actually like a calculatable point where it deprecates, it hurts its skills because the knowledge is uh, like adding new knowledge to the model might actually impact the the outcomes oh, what you're what you're getting out of it. Is that, uh, is that sort of like the paradox of choice a bit? But <laughs> apply to AI, maybe maybe uh, in a, in a way. And and the thing is, people yeah. are trying to take base models and then add their own information into it, not knowing that that's actually impacting its ability to do the things that the model was doing in the first place because they've been tuned to do that. Um, so we we have a paper about actually like. How do you add as much knowledge as you need without impacting the skills of that, that model? Um, there's like a oh, quantifiable way to do that. Yeah, that that's is interesting. interesting. Yeah. So um, with these tools that you use, I guess, you know, either from a, from a, from a professional or, or a personal perspective, do you compound any of these AI tools together? So like take the inputs, I mean, sorry, take the okay. outputs from one AI and feed them into another. Yeah, de definitely. And I, I think there's, um, Something to be said about how like there's an over chatification of AI right now. So like mm. every AI interface that uh, people are familiar with, especially the mainstream ones, are like chatbots. Uh, and I even yeah, mentioned, yeah. of course, I, I mentioned like a chatbot as the first use case that I talked about. But the reality is, a lot of the use cases that I actually have are not chat based interfaces via writer, and that's because like if you have a a process that is uh, shared across a lot of different people. But prompt engineering is going to change the way that people get value out of it. Um, that is not a good shared process for like large enterprises. 
Uh, so like sure. expecting everyone to be able to, uh, to be like an expert prompt engineer is actually not, yeah. that's not going to, that's right. not going to work. So it's not we, realistic. It's not realistic yeah. at all. So like, for instance, when yeah. I, um, so I've built an app in writer that takes any piece of content online. Like I can drop in a PDF or I can take a URL from our, our like blog post newsroom. I can feed it through writer and I've trained the app on my tone of voice for writing LinkedIn posts. So instead of, instead of every time having to have a conversation with ChatGPT, hey, make this more friendly and put this yeah. into bullets and add emojis. And that, that is not actually helpful. I found that using uh, like chat-based tools like doesn't actually accelerate my time to getting the post out mm -hmm. anymore. It takes yeah. just as uh, long to take that like 60% of the way there thing to like then get it to my voice. Oh, um, 100%. How are you? Are you guys seeing the same thing? Yeah. So, so in my, you know, so I, I look at this from uh, I'm, a, I'm a copywriter um, and a copy editor, and mm. certainly in my role as copy editor, I receive um, blogs and, and other uh, other copy, which has been clearly clearly created <laughs> just with a you know just a, a copy and paste from ChatGPT, and it's it totally sort of all over the place um it's it uses language that no real human has ever used it, you know it talks about in the realm of this and and you know talking about being the bastion of, and the vanguard and such pretentious language <laughs> this is meant to be blogs that people can read you know and you think and you have to go through it and you end up going i end up going through these things and it, and it, i would have been better off just writing the blogs from from scratch i think it, it, it would have been about the equivalent amount of time yeah. yeah. I mean, that's something that we, we hear every single day. Uh, and it's not yeah. just, I think your copywriting example is like creme de la creme. Like that is the, that is the, you know, lighthouse example for a lot of folks who are like, oh, like generative AI in my own tone of voice is different than just using a generic chatbot. Um, yeah. But then it goes way beyond that too. Like yeah. social posts we talked about, creating derivative content, even like writing job descriptions for companies. Um, helping them do these types of workflows that have to be done in the exact same way every single time. Uh, this is like where we specialize. Um, so uh, I've built all of these workflows for things that uh, are repeated, but require like high, uh, high amounts of specificity. That's the stuff mm. that I've been automating for, for myself uh, using writer. And that's like, Oh my gosh, it's like a godsend. Like, so getting that, that blog post, uh, that, that writer puts out and then every employee being able to then post that in their own words to LinkedIn has a different impact, um, on like the, yeah. the brand messaging and stuff like that. I mean, I think what, what partially what this board is around is like the interface of these tools, right. And the, the cumbersome nature that the interface on a lot of tools can end up presenting for, for things. Um, I use notion for a lot of just like my documentation, they have an AI tool in there and, and it's okay. It's, it's highly tuned. And I found that my effectively, like my prompt has to be something like rewrite this, you know, keep the tone of my voice. And then I found one of the key things was don't change more than 10% of this text. And then it, that was like the unlock for it to be like, okay, like I basically have to select some things to change based on the rest of this. But it's interesting because that, it, the reason I mentioned that is it's an, an obscenely manual process. I mean, I have to kind of like write the thing out. I do this, I re reread it, check it again. Then I end up kind of making some sort of combination. So it, it sounds like you're have the ability to basically compound things in one process, right? To say like, do this, then that, then that. Is that literally what the interface is like that you're 
that, that's see? exactly what it is. Um, and that's like, that's, the, that's what's required to actually get enterprise adoption. Maybe like you, you probably have heard this on, uh, from other folks, but like the dirty little secret of generative AI right now is adoption sucks. So like mm. SaaS platforms have like high retention rates. Uh, most, like most companies look for an expanding net dollar retention, right? You're buying more next year. Um, the problem with generative AI sure. is people are unsure how to adopt it into their day to day, especially at the enterprise level. Uh, and then they stop using it. And that's like leading gotcha. to churn. That's why you're seeing uh, some really big like AI unicorns, like starting to, to, to flail. Um, something that we focus on intensely is like, how does this actually like get into a day-to-day -day, like users like workflow? And the only way to get there, George, is to like simplify it as much as possible, remove the prompt engineering, like make it stupid yeah. proof. Like my, as May says, dumb as hell. Like, like we yeah, need right. this to be, we need this to be so easy that you're like, oh, I can drag and drop this product image for like L'Oreal, for instance, taking a product mm -hmm. image, dropping it into a file uploader and then clicking generate. And it's going to give me a product description for that image. That's, these are the types gotcha. of workflows that we create. And I, yeah. I guess that sort of, um, that's like, you know, if you think about any technology, right? So we think about, um, you know, I had, I, I was, I was, you know, a bit of a geek as a kid and I did, you know, computing science, et cetera, at uni. And I had like, you know, MP3 players, right? But nobody had MP3 players, really. Like, they weren't really a common thing that people would have, you know. Mm. Listen, they'd listen to, like, you know, Walkmans or, or mini discs or something like that. Uh, and then the iPod uh, came along. And, you know, everyone got, like, essentially an MP3 player just because it was so ridiculously easy. You know, it was this box unit that you just, you know, you had a store you went to, you selected the songs. There was no manual stuff in the background, um, you know. And and again, George and I come from a from, from recently from a blockchain background as well. And blockchain is is in that sort of pivot point now where it's been very, very hard to get into. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you know, well, not all of a sudden, but there's now much easier ways to buy blockchain, to buy crypto, and, and therefore the adoption goes up. So I guess it's a, a common thing in every technology. Is when you crack that simplification, mm -hmm. then then it becomes powerful. That I, I agree completely with that. Um and I, I think like the the underlying tech has been around like that. That point that you just made is uh, proven uh, because GPT-3 was around for for years, right? It came out years. in what, like yeah. 2021, 2022. The, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the software wrapper that they wrapped around it in ChatGPT is what actually led to like hundreds of millions of people using the tech for the first time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was one of those, right? I, I have no, you know, I, I don't mind admitting yeah. that uh, it was ChatGPT which which basically alerted me to this whole uh, ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Totally. So I think that brings us to um, the sort of human side of all this, right? We've been talking about how we use all these things, but I mean, Matt, using these tools, whether in the positive impacts or the negative impacts that you kind of outlined, like, how does all this make you feel? Wow, that's that's deep introspective um, yeah yeah how does it make me feel um it makes me feel uh more productive i i'm in the party that says like these are these are just tools they're not replacing me they're making me uh uh louder and and allow it like enabling me to overachieve and be more productive um yeah because the reality is like i'm the one that's prompting the model to get it to do something uh and it's just helping me 
feel like I can be more productive and spend less time doing the things that frankly, I'm not very good at. Uh, so like mm-hmm. ideating five examples of like what a potential title for this podcast could be, that would take me forever. Yeah. Um, but uploading, yeah. the, <laughs> uploading the transcript and saying like, Hey, AI, like, what is this going to be? Um, and it, knowing that like, here are the, the best examples of things that hit and will go viral. Um, these are things that, that I like want to automate in my life anyway. Do you think it gives you like a, does it give you a thrill still? Like you're still seeing those results coming back and seeing what AI is capable of. I mean, to me, it, it still does. It It's magic, right? It's just <laughs> magic. And it's like, I, I don't know how more people are talking about it. I yeah. Yeah. last, just like last night, I'm like trying to, to work something and I'm like, oh, like I still have to remind myself I could just use it like a, a chat assistant to help me here. Like this yeah, is something yeah. that I, I I don't need to stress about. Like I could just use a tool to, to help me and it, it just makes the yeah. process more enjoyable. Specifically mm-hmm. for learning, that workflow, that that idea of like I'm, I'm a curious person, I like to read a lot and like learn. Um, really like always having that assistant up with me when I need to ask a question or clarify something, that's made me feel really, really smart. <laughs> 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 yeah do you feel do you feel ever um do you ever feel as if it's cheating oh um yeah yeah i do i feel like it's always <laughs> cheating um like like and, and i think the best example of this is like when i'm <laughs> when i'm getting kudos in slack because i've summarized the call that I just had really effectively and, oh, wow. and they're like, they're yeah. like, wow, Matt, those are great notes. I'm like, totally me. Good yeah, notes. I, yeah. I, to- <laughs> I totally wrote all of those notes out and the key, the key takeaways <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, does, that kind of stuff is amazing, right? Like those optimizations for the day to day. I've, I've been using a, a similar tool for keeping track of meetings. I have, I've been using motion, not to be confused with motion, um, to schedule my day, which has oh. actually been super helpful. It basically looks at my calendar and it t- finds times for me to do the different things I have on a task list with hour gaps in between and, hey, you got to eat lunch and take the dog. What sort of stuff do you put in there then? Like, you know, eat, walk the dogs, you know? Uh-oh. Yeah, sit down, you know, right. um, stand up. <laughs> no, yeah, it's everything. Like it, you can kind of have it build out project stuff. So I'll be like, Oh, I need to do a study of this. And then after that, I need to, you know, set up a meeting and do it. And so it'll help me kind of remind myself to keep track of all of those things. So sort of as we go continuously, which is super helpful, honestly. And Matt, which, which, uh, which AI tool do you use to monitor your calls? I, uh, I actually, so, uh, my calls are oftentimes recorded and then fed through gong. So gong, oh, okay. it, 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 this is a good example. There's a tool now that I've been using in sales for for years, uh, but the AI enabled uh, functionality that it has because it's it's transcribing and then feeding that um, transcription. I find that it does a good job, like pulling out the key takeaways or like the next steps. Um, I also have like tuned an app in Writer to take call transcripts and then specifically transform them into something that is relevant for like exactly what I'm looking for. Um, so like Gong, Gong doesn't have all of the context, right? Um, but writer writer does because we can take the same call transcripts and all of the, the the CRM info that I have and you know maybe even just like other information that I want to feed into that that prompt I can do that in writer. 
That's yeah, that's that's so you know that's you have a team, you have a team of uh, squads of AIs working for you, uh, and you're (laughs) taking all the credit for their success. I love that. That's right. That's that's (laughs) that's what managers have been doing all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to ask you both about this idea. Something that I'm toying with a lot now is um, like the mini CEO, um, which is Mm -hmm. this idea that you you feed uh, a chatbot context about your goals and your life. Um, and it doesn't have to be too insane, but some people have like fed all of their books and their life's work into, uh, an AI model. And then you ask it, it's like, it's like a version of yourself, but, uh, AI powered that helps you like accomplish what you're looking for. And they call that the mini CEO. Um, what's your oh, take I've never on heard it termed that. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I think that, I think that it's, you know, in life, it's really, really, it's, it's sometimes hard to keep. Uh, momentum and keep traction on ideas and it's mm. quite hard sometimes when you hit like um you can hit sort of dead ends or you can have like writer's block you can have you know various different sit- with mental situations where you just like i don't know you're, you're a little bit frozen and mm. to be able to have something which knows your background knows everything that you want to achieve know you know knows about you and, and can give you those prompts and give you that sort of help and, and just give you direction it's kind of it almost just makes everything so much easy and all you're doing as a as the user is you're just following its commands if you like or following its instruction and it gives you that nudge to 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 get the, to push things forward yeah i've actually built a uh, a custom gpt for my business to help with that where i basically say like i want you to be a business advisor for me this is my target audience i copied all of the content from my website into it it has like a 50 question FAQ that I, of course, asked it for what questions it would need. And here's the questions I answered them and uploaded it. And it's great for, you know, there's, it's, I don't consider it autopilot. I consider it like a good map, right? Where it'll say, here are some things that could be helpful for you to talk about next. Or I had one um, situation come up where someone was like, well, you know, we can do like payment upfront or we could do some sort of royalty thing. And I'm, so I'm like, I don't know. App how do what royalty costs do I get blah, blah, blah. and it tells hey this is typically what you should do or like you know based on your prices this is what it should be and it's like that would have taken me months to even if I found the answer to actually test it and see if it was right or if the person who wrote it it was it just biased or didn't or I or I didn't yeah. read everything and I just took it for what it was well it's the it's it's yeah. sort of um you know, it's that. Oh, oh, it was one of your one of your politicians, uh, Rumsfeld or someone oh, who no. came up with the you know the n- known unknowns and and the the known knowns, which is you know it's oh, perfectly yeah, valid. Yeah. It, it got pilloried yeah. in the, in the press, but it's perfectly valid. <laughs> you know, there are known unknowns, right? And there are unknown unknowns, and sometimes. Mm you just don't know where to look and you don't know what you don't know. And to have any sort of advisor, whether it's a human, whether it's an AI who can just shine a light on something that you are completely ignorant of. I mean, to to be able to do that is so powerful. Yeah. Super powerful. And I love, I just want to reiterate something you said, Dean, like the, the reality is people like don't a take the time to write down their goals and like what, what they care about and their values. Um, It's something that, I have a good friend of mine who's like always pushed me to do that. Uh, so like keeping a journal, like all those things are really valuable. But think about now the folks that do write their their goals down. You can now feed that to an AI, your mini CEO, and help that have that person help you stay on track to like actually accomplish the things that you want. And like George, to your point, like how does AI make me feel? Like 
helps me feel like I can accomplish more of what I want to do in life. Um, yeah. And that, that is like the unlock for the people that, that take advantage of this. They're going to feel more fulfilled. They're going to be able to, to program in their goals and objectives and have an AI help them achieve that. Um, mm -hmm. And then the people that don't are going to feel like they're, they're missing something. And that's because they don't have like the companionship of an AI. I haven't gotten into character <laughs> AI, by the way. Uh, so I don't have an AI yeah. girlfriend, uh, but I will say it's, uh, I have a normal girlfriend. If she looked like <laughs> Anna de Armas in, in Blade Runner 2049, then I would yeah. not complain about having an AI consider. girlfriend. Right, ex machina yeah. vibes for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, no, but I will say like that, that's also a fascinating development in this like space too, that um, some people like are spending a lot of time with these characters. Uh, it's pretty yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, so I guess that, Matt, that, Oh, sorry. I was going to say, George, sorry. I'm just going to, I'm going to steal the limelight. So this nice. actually is a really nice segue into understanding, um, I guess, what advice uh, or no, what would you say is the big, biggest single negative uh, of AI specifically in, you know, in your role from like a partnerships perspective? Yeah. Um, biggest, biggest negative, I think like maybe broadly too is, how it's also a positive it's like how easy all of this stuff is becoming um to create like content generation right is like really easy now the cost of producing a thousand or 500 words i think like went from 500 dollars or a thousand words i'm sorry i was reading like arc invests like most recent like big ideas report and it was like for the last century it cost 500 dollars to create a thousand words of like professionally written copywriting uh, now it's 16 cents for a thousand words so it's like <laughs> Now, now we're like content is ubiquitous and we just yeah. have like too much of it. So the negative of yeah. that is like, Dean, to your point, um, partnerships aside, sales too, like I'm just getting inundated with emails that are, that are personalized and people are yeah. uh, like the, the channels that I used to rely on are now just like shit. Um, and that's because people are using AI to, to help them do the thing that is helpful for me too. Uh, so that's like right. the negative side of it is oh man now now there's just like it's too easy to create some of these things yeah. so you so you have a you have a chat you, ha you have your own personal chatbot answering the chatbots of other people who are trying to sell you things and it's it ends up becoming you know you are we're so abstracted from actually what's happening well that's gonna that's you know that's where we're heading right i mean we are undoubtedly heading to that point that's a real issue or, or, or worry about a lot of AI experts that these agents, right? That once you have yeah. an AI bot that's sort of working for you on your behalf and doing actions, they're just going to try to sell to each other constantly. Like imagine an yeah. email back and forth sure. negotiating something that doesn't exist anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that is dangerous. Yeah. Uh, what I also liked is that it's, um, I liked about your answer, Matt. It was reminding me of, you know, those interview questions where people are like, um, so tell me about your biggest flaw or your biggest fault. And it's like, oh, I just, you know, I work too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. AI, is, too AI is amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, it, but it's true, right? Like there's like downsides to like all of like the functionality we're talking about. Like just flip that on the other side and say like, oh, now scam scammers can like write these personalized yeah. emails too, right? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you no longer find that these Nigerian princes have so many gr grammar mistakes, right. grammatical mistakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so 
I guess coming towards the end uh, of this, it's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's been been yeah. really sort of revelatory, a lot of this stuff. Um, could you, in a nutshell, could you uh, give any advice to listeners who are uh, keen to sort of uh, achieve, mm. you know, uh, some level of proficiency or your role? Uh, how can they? How can someone easily leverage AI to to get them started? Yeah. Um... What's the it's baby a, steps? They're, they're, they're like, it, it, at the end of the day, these are tools. Like it's not, um, AI is not something that's so uh, revolutionary that like it has to be categorized as its own form of like tech platform. It, it will be, and AI is going to impact everything that you do. Um, but the reality is like, that's intimidating to people because the news is just like overblowing that. You just need to yeah. like start start trying it. Like, don't be afraid to like go on to chat GPT or like download, <clears throat> download an AI app and just like use it for fun. The first AI app mm-hmm. I used was this app called Lenza. And I wanted yeah. to upload like 10 profile pictures to create like versions of me that were like an astronaut. And like, that was my first, <laughs> that was my first use case with AI. And like, yeah, then I realized, Oh, this is easy. Uh, and you can work your way up. So like my, my recommendation, uh, in a nutshell is like, just start using it to get yourself comfortable. But then my recommendation for like a professional who wants to like take it to the next level, like what, do whatever you can to involve yourself in the, uh, especially at like larger companies, all of them have these AI center of excellences. It's a board level initiative coming from uh, the CEO saying, we need to implement generative AI across our business. Be the person that raises your hand and says, hey, I think AI can impact this thing that we do here. I've seen Mm -hmm. this so many times, but so many people who have raised their hands to like help lead the adoption of AI end up a like getting promoted because it's like a business objective that everyone cares about. But B, like Mm -hmm. they find more like value in their job. They like really start to enjoy it. They feel like they're on the cutting edge and like that person becomes an AI program leader. Um, and that to me, like, would be really interesting if I was at like a traditional finance company or something. And, and I guess yeah, we're at such a, um, at such a, a, you know, a starting point, I guess, for, for AI, we're at such an early stage, like a nascent stage. Is that the right word? I don't know. It's, um, like, it's like the primordial the, ooze of like the big bang. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's, it's like, if you're going to jump on board, like now is a great time to jump on board because you can pick it up easily relatively easily because i imagine that you know in a few years time things will become a lot more complicated uh if you can pick things up easily you can become an expert quite easily there's not many people who know much about it so you can differentiate yourself so becoming an early adopter is going to give you so many benefits in, in the years ahead exactly yeah early adopter yeah. early adopter it's like the internet yeah just like start start yeah, yeah. start building your first like web pages and, and it'll it'll work out yeah and the next, and you'll be the next uh, Bezos. There you go. I hope I get buff. I hope <laughs> I get buff like Bezos. That guy is like he's yeah. yoked. He's yeah, got a lot of time well, at this point. Yeah, <laughs> lifting his yacht up all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it's yeah, yeah, it's so funny. I was about um, to go on a tangent, but realized maybe I was. Yeah, I was going to go on a tangent yeah. as well, but yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I, we'll probably get we'll probably get sued. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, from from my perspective, this has been fantastic. George, is there any is there anything else that you wanna you wanna discuss? You why we've got Matt on? 
Um, I think, man, it's been awesome hearing how you kind of engage with all of the tools that you're using and frankly, the, the honesty about it. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything else that we would want to dive into unless there's anything that we miss and you want to kind of mention or, or bring up. No, I just had a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for, thanks yeah, for sounds, having me on. It's a great uh, time. And it's cool. I, I, I do want to dig in, uh, George, maybe on another, another episode, uh, like Please. you're using motion, right? Like the, uh, the things that yeah. I haven't started to, to work through, like my schedule, uh, which is a mm-hmm. freaking nightmare. Uh, <laughs> like it, using using AI to like th- for those workflows would be really interesting to me. So we should we should talk about that someday soon. Absolutely, yeah, we'll definitely do another one. Definitely do another cool. one. Um, it has been totally great having you here. Thank you so much for your time, Matt. It's has been absolutely huge. Yeah, super fun. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, Matt. Uh, welcome back, everybody. We've arrived at the part of the show that Dean and I like to call the debrief, where we dive into some of the highlights of the conversation that we just had with Matt. Um, so where do you want to start, Dean? Uh, yeah, let's talk about some of the tools that he was using, because um, those tools were pretty, well, some of those tools were pretty new to me. So I've got a list of uh, MidJourney yeah. that he was using for image creation. I've got mm-hmm. Runway that he was using for videos, Gong yeah. uh, he was using for um, sort of call, uh, meeting call recording. analysis, call recording, yeah. or, or, or interpret- interpreting the the script. Yeah, um, they've been around for a while, and they basically, I remember using them almost five years ago, or seeing people use them, and it would record calls and then basically do sentiment analysis on the the transcript or kind of live to basically say like this person is getting more willing to buy or this person oh, is wow. reluctant. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Wow. Jesus. Really cool. Feeding <laughs> that into your, using AI to interrogate your calls and, and uh, right. assess where they are on your CRM. Yeah. Uh, you and know, it would flow. even send reports to, you know, the, the managers of the sales team so that they could oh, say like, okay. Oh, well, okay. you know, you're working too much in this or start or back off on right. this area or whatever it might be. Right. Yeah, so like sales um, coaching, yeah. I guess. Sales coaching, and then the, even just the the caller analysis. I remember the one that that blew me away was it would recommend the amount of seconds to stay silent per person that you're speaking to based on how long it takes them to answer questions. So one of the things that we had found at at the company that we were using this at was that some of the salespeople were trying to get to the point too quickly. Um, yeah, and that they just had to wait and let, you just have to the let person it sit. Think, yeah, 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 which yeah. was uncomfortable for people on a human level. But the AI told us that was what was best. So <laughs> it is. It it, it, it can be uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. It can be uncomfortable once you've asked a question. And I learned this when I was in enterprise sales. I guess it's maybe I learned it, you know, before that when I was asking girls out. But um, <laughs> it, it's. Yeah, you've got to let the questions sit and not be afraid to just wait because it can feel like, oh, silence is killing me. I, I better jump in. Right. Or did I not ask the question right? Like, are they just confused? That's that's always yeah. what I do. And then I never stop asking the question because I keep providing the <laughs> right. answer for them, basically. Yeah, that's, yeah, wow. And yeah. and so that 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 technology would analyze the, a person's average sort of wait time and, and how long they yeah. need it. You need to just let it sit. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah, what, I mean, what world are we living in? Man? I know. And that was five years ago. That was pre yeah. like, big okay. models. Pre the revolution. Imagine. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. 
Um, but some of the others that yeah. he had mentioned, Midjourney, the image generating tool, that one's yeah. fantastic. I use that on almost daily basis. Um, you know, text so these paid tools, basically. yeah, subscription based kind of mm -hmm. gets a certain number of like all of these AI tools use what they call tokens, which is sort of a way of assessing how much uh, thinking yeah. and processing it's done. Sure. Um, so you can kind of scale it back. And then uh, he mentioned Runway as well. I believe it was Runway yeah, yeah. AI, which is amazing. You can basically take an image, highlight an area of it and say stormy background, whatever, if it's like a photo of a ship and it will just mm -hmm. make video of that ship in that exact image make it into video of the thing happening. It's, wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to give these a try. Yeah. 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 That's uh, it, it's, it is staggering. And you know, um, as I said to, you know, I, you know, as, as we said on the call, like yeah. I, I very much, you know, come at this from a perspective of uh, a brain drain on all of our guests to, to really get, you know, to, to find out how I can and better improve, you know, my life or whatever mm -hmm. I do. And that idea, you know, I, I was sort of aware of the nebulous concept of this um, CEO, whatever we call it, a personal CEO. Or, oh, yeah, or, that was great. Virtual CEO um, or something. Or, yeah. yeah, I'd never heard it sort of coined in, in that, that you know, really sort of laid down specifically like that. And and that for me is like, that's my next, that's my next project that I'm yeah. going to really invest time into, into, you know, filling, filling my hopes and dreams and, and experience into an AI right. so it can tell me it can tell me what I need to do. Yeah. I mean, I think that the thing that reminded me of the biggest or the most was Matt's chatter about how to interface with these things where, you know, he's, he's talking about like, yeah, you have this chat bot and you might set it up to kind of be your coach or your CEO and, and be able to ask it questions, but you're still doing this typing act and explaining to it what to do. So in a way you kind of jumps, jump ahead of that. It's sort of a shortcut for it already to know, and you don't have to tell it every yeah. time. Yeah. But the thing that I was really amazed by was how he was talking about compounding those tools where he has one module of his whole tool set is just that whole process of writing something out and doing the whole thing. And then to do a bunch of stuff with it. It's like, that's yeah. like it's the real future of these things. I think you, I think you're right. It's be, it's, it's that very said about like removing that prompt engineering. Um, mm. so, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, prompt engineering. I think we, you and I had a discussion about it, which yeah. was that, you know, prompt engineering itself is going to become like a, a university course or, right. you know, you're going to have to be skilled in prompt engineering. But, but what Matt's saying is actually that leaves, that, that leaves so many sort of variables uh, and, and, and actually what you need is to, to get rid of that whole side of things and for the yeah. for you be able to, to to roll out this ai that has the same assumptions makes the same you know negates the need for any prompt engineering because it applies the same rules to everybody in your organization based on right. based on what your organization's done based on who you're speaking to being on how you're successful your customer list takes yeah. all the information uh everything you created uh, and it just you know it, it has it's this context that's uh, and, and the idea that that they're already aware as a software company that the 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 human prompt is can or can be the biggest problem with the result yeah yeah is is huge because it, it, to me it almost like this whole prompt engineering chatter that's been happening on a lot of you know, a lot of different people are talking about that this is going to be the future of things in a way I almost see that as a little bit of a, 
a jump to a conclusion, right? It's almost like right. saying that the steam locomotive yeah. was the only train that there ever was going to be. You should know everything sure. about it. Yeah. When mm -hmm. a couple of years later, now we have electric and diesel and other ways of moving a train. And if you had hyped, you know, zoomed in on just learning how steam locomotives work, you would have missed the train, so to speak. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was good. I got to love a good pun that comes out. Yeah, that was really um, um, insightful. Yeah, thank you. Um, but, <laughs> but the idea that like saying that prompt engineering is the future, that might be true for a subset of the people who are continuing to build these tools for the people who don't have any experience with interfacing with these, right? The, mm -hmm. Even the people who don't have a ChatGPT account. And they're like, I don't even know where to even start with it. Like there has to be a way that's even simpler of like building yeah. blocks or something to kind of get yeah, it going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There was another thing as well, which she, which she mentioned as well to me, which to me was interesting, which was um, the, you know, the, the fact that I guess that a lot of this AI stuff becomes like shelfware. It just, mm -hmm. you know, they buy it. They don't, people don't use it because they don't know how right. to use it. And you're seeing a lot of these AI unicorns starting to, to fail or some of these AI unicorns start to fail just because of the, the problem with low adoption. And then when people do adopt it, they don't end up using it because of the misunderstanding or confusion yeah. or. Yeah. yeah or uh, almost uh, like, I, yeah the hype versus the the quality right. output that you yeah. actually get yeah. like some of them are mm -hmm. really great for the sake of us as a human race moving forward with ai right where you're like well right. someone had to come up with an ai music generator at some point sure. but do i actually want to pay for that like not really no you know um yeah so it reminds me of like you know now. do you know you know, going back to our block th blockchain Web three experience, Web three yeah. makes me laugh. It's not Web three, right? AI <laughs> AI is Web three, right? Blockchain is not Web three. Web anyway, is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't agree with it, right? Like, I mean, it runs on AWS. I'm sorry, but that doesn't yeah. make it. Yeah, that's no, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it reminds me of like you know, there was a period I don't know, 18 months ago, right, where everything was being turned into a blockchain or crypto, whether mm. it was, you know, there was that uh, token like audio, um, audius or oh, whatever right. it was yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like trying to tokenize um, music like recording. Spotify and then, on blockchain basically. Yeah, all this yeah. sort of stuff. And there was all these people who tried to apply blockchain technology to, to anything that existed. And actually mm -hmm. turns out that, you know what, the, probably the use case isn't really there. There's not really a need for it, but it's a kind of interesting experiment to do. And right. some of the things that you think will succeed will fail. And some of the things that you think will fail will succeed. And it'll be the same with AI. 100%. I mean, how could it not be, right? You have to have yeah. these experimentations yeah, that sure. are going to lead to... I mean, some of the things in that example, the Audios one, I think that, that that platform may not have been a success. But the idea of setting up the infrastructure for what effectively goes way back to the iPod discussion, right? The thing that not only helped make the iPod usable, was the DRM protection. You had the ability for artists sure. to put their music yeah. on I iTunes and that's the only music you could put on this device. It was the only music that it would work. So it, in a way, when you mentioned that, it was like uh, almost a perfect analogy. And that was one of the things I was like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because in my mind, I was like, I see this the same as blockchain. I see this the same as the AI movement where you have these people who are willing to toy with the pieces and the chunks to get to some outcome that they think is really great and you might be able to wrap a business around and could be really cool. Um, but then there's the more kind of streamlined approach to waiting to prove out what all of these different technologies actually, their resonance is with people and where the actual product is. Because I think some of these things, it's like we, you know, back to that one of the, the song generator, it's like, 
probably a lot of hours of thought and process and work to make an AI song recorder. But as a business next to an AI chatbot, the chatbot is just more usable for more people in the world kind of thing. But yeah. both, you could argue, are needed to kind of like move us along in the ability to have. Yeah, I guess it's for me, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, uh, uh, Tesla versus Edison, right? So yeah. like Tesla was this fantastic genius creator who had all these elaborate inventions and they were all fantastic. Whereas Edison seemed to be able to cherry pick things that he thought, actually, this, this kind of works, right? And I'm going to make money right. off this. So it's right. that difference. Yeah, there's a use case here. Yeah, yeah. People will pay for this. Yeah, let's just right. make sure the light bulb doesn't last too long because otherwise they'll never replace it. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, course, making so. a business out of these yeah. things, right? right? So, right, yeah. right. No, it's, it's, it's totally true. I mean, the other thing that uh, really jumped out at me with Matt's just knowledge of this stuff um, mm. was his understanding of the layers, the three yes. core mm -hmm. layers. And that to me yeah. was like, I need to dive in and learn more there because... I ran, I've run into the problem that he mentioned, which is I use a chatbot on my website for lead generation to kind of get people set up on calls or to answer basic questions. And I found that if I give it too many sources for the knowledge base, it ignores them. Okay. It like almost Do they conflict know. or yeah. I don't know if it's the, they conflict necessarily. Like it's not like I say I accept credit cards and then I don't. Right. But it's more oh, okay. that like yeah. both of these things discuss payments. And then it's sort of right. like, well, just tell me which one you want me to use kind of thing is how yeah. I imagine. I'll go back to my pa paradox of choice. Right, exactly. That there's too many things for it to do and it can't understand mm -hmm. in the moment. Or it's been tuned to not spend more tokens to figure it out or whatever the back end thing that's happening. Um, but, but his knowledge of like, there's the, if I don't remember them perfectly, but it was something like there's the learning layer, there's the sort of inherent knowledge layer, and then there's the, the kind of uh, source material or what you want me to do. Yeah, the kind of usefulness functionality piece. Mm. Um, fascinating. Yeah, no, I have to, I have to, yeah, I have to, like you, like you say, I have to dive yeah. into that one. Uh, it was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Are we done? Are we done? Uh, are we done wrapping up? I think so. Should we do the mm. uh, close it out? Close it out. Close Here it out, George. All right, and that's a wrap on another episode. Thanks so much for joining us on the AI Impacts podcast, where we dive into how AI has impacted real people in real jobs. Um, as usual, be sure to tell your friends and share with our share with your network. Um, you can find us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow and subscribe so you can not miss our next episode whenever that might be. Thanks so much. I'm George Little. This is Dean Hanson. I'm Dean Hanson. Oh, he's Dean Hanson. Thanks. Thanks. I am. So I'm Dean Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Yeah. <laughs>